There is a great benefit to us when we do not fully understand the Christmas story. It's a blessing that the truth of God becoming human is far beyond the reach of our human capacity to know. Once this happens, when we realize that our brains cannot wrap around this truth, this mystery of the incarnation, wonder is born. We discover the limits of the mind and we begin to ignite the heart. The shepherds are working the night shift. They see an angel and the glory of the Lord shining around them and they are filled with fear. And that's what happens when we encounter something we don't understand. We are overcome by fear. Whether it's the blinding presence of God as they saw that night, or simply the future that's always an unknown. The angels tell the shepherds not to be afraid. They tell them the good news of Messiah who has now been born. Their fear is now transformed into wonder, into marvel, astonishment, excitement. They still do not fully understand, but their awe, their curiosity, and God's promise lead them to discover the Christ child, this babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. When the shepherds tell Moses, <laughs> When the shepherds tell Joseph and Mary and whomever else their story, all who heard it wonder, our text says. They all wondered at what they said. They wonder because it all seems impossible. But the angel Gabriel just said that with God, all things are possible. When Mary asked how these things could be, Mary takes it a step further, though, in our text. She who once carried the unborn king in her womb now returns him to the core of her being, returning him to her heart, the Christ child. She treasures up all these things, our text says, pondering them in her heart, enriching her soul. She's pregnant again. Now, with the Christ promise, Jesus will now grow up as a man in stature before God and man. But Christ will not only grow there, but also inside Mary's heart. And she also grows in her understanding, in her faith. Mary is a model to us when we follow Jesus. She is also moved from the fear of what she does not understand, all her questions, now to wonder, to astonishment and praise. She still cannot fully understand it, but that's what makes it so good. She can ponder it, and it can miraculously grow over the years in her heart, just as Jesus grows as a man. 
This is a foretaste of the global impact Christ will have on the world. He will grow up to confound, to astonish and amaze others time and time again. His disciples will time and time again struggle to understand why he does and says what he says and does. His disciples still will no, never fully understand all that he will say and do, even though they'll write it down into scripture and have a lifetime, in some cases, to think about it. But it's not until they are with the Lord, maybe, that they will know the fullness of this truth of the Word made flesh. Long before his birth in Bethlehem, the Messiah was named in our reading from Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you've ever heard Handel's Messiah musically, he gets it right. He says, wonderful, pause, counselor. And so God wants us to rest on this name of Jesus of being wonderful. One of my favorite epiphanies in the Old Testament of God is in Judges chapter 13. When someone asks God, what is your name? And he says, why do you ask when it is wonderful? No name could contain the fullness and the majesty and the depth and the height and width of the character and nature of God. That's exactly what we need this day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. We need a return to the wonder, to revisit the amazement of the Christmas story. We may have been celebrating it for decades. We don't want it to become monotonous or rote because we could never outlive, we could never exhaust the bewilderment of it all. This awe and fascination of eternal God taking on our humanity in time and space. It really is a tragic thing when we are unmoved by Christmas. It's a great loss when we're unchallenged by the eternal word becoming flesh. The culture around us, sadly, is not much help it seems that Christmas has largely been co-opted by materialism and sentimentalism. But there are two kinds of materialism that we need to watch out for. There's a more obvious one where Christmas becomes only about giving and receiving gifts. But the other kind of materialism is a greater threat and more difficult and more sneaky into our lives and our minds. And it's the belief that only truth is something that we can observe 
Truth is only something we can rationalize, something that we can understand and grasp. That kind of materialism will kill our faith and our wonder. Materialism will make Christmas unbelievable in the worst sense and sadly boring. When it should be one of the greatest and most mind-blowing events in human history, right up there with the resurrection. Even scientists lately, especially physicists in recent years and decades, have reminded us that there are many things they don't believe we'll ever understand about the natural world, even about this universe. Scientists acknowledge that they'll never fully grasp the mysteries that it contains, let alone the mysteries that go beyond the universe. The eternal Christ, he who stands outside of time and space and even our universe, is now born into our world. It seems too good to be true. It's why we call it good news, glad tidings. That's why we call it awesome, wonderful. We're not meant to fully understand the awesomeness of the eternal Son of God taking on our humanity and becoming a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. The truth of it is supposed to be too wonderful. That itself, isn't it great news? That we have a faith that will deliver bewilderment and wonder. It could give us something to chew on for a lifetime and to contemplate as Mary did. As God says in Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We'll spend eternity, perhaps, catching up to the depth and beauty of this Christ child. And though it will still confound our minds, it will also encourage and build up and strengthen our hearts. We have a God that transcends human comprehension, a savior who is born to bridge the gap between the natural world and the eternal, between the divine and the human. We have a savior who conquers our sin, all evil, and even death itself. The example of Mary is there in our scripture for you and me to follow, to learn from her, the one who was closest to the birth of our Savior. She treasured up all these things. She pondered them in her heart. She moved them from her head to her heart. Imagine that. Mary, who else was closer to the incarnation than Mary? The Holy Spirit, maybe, but no human person 
has ever been so close to this divine mystery. And yet, the Holy Spirit leads her to greater wonder and to further reflection and contemplation. She did not take her front row seat at the manger for granted. She knew that it was more that she could ever take in in her lifetime in that one starry night. It will be fuel for thought and inspiration to her heart for a lifetime and into eternity. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Christ is born in our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.